Welcome to the Optimal Bio Podcast. At Optimal Bio, we don't just balance your hormones, we balance your whole body. Our conversations range from nutrition to medicine with an emphasis on wellness tips to support your health journey. If you like what you hear, find us on the web at optimalbio.com and follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Optimal Bio's podcast. Uh, Today, we are fortunate to have founder and owner of Prove, which is a home fertility testing company, uh, Amy Beckley with us. Amy, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Can't complain. Hopefully spring is around the corner at some point in time, but um, we had it a couple of weeks ago, but it's disappeared again and winter is back. So I know you're in Colorado and I believe you all got some snow recently. Is that true? Um, actually, it's a beautiful 63 degree day, but tomorrow we're getting snow. <laughs> Sounds good. So I appreciate you joining us today. Um, for our audience, uh, just kind of want to go back in time. Um you know, how did you tell us a little bit about yourself and you know how you got started? Um, so I have a PhD in pharmacology. Um, I, I wanted to be a medical doctor and practice medicine, um, but I didn't do well with needles and blood. So I decided to hop over to another career, um, also in the science field, um, but again, not, not doing with needles or blood. Um, I got really fascinated with biology and just how things worked. Um, I did a lot of research on cancer and what makes a cancer cell cancer and and harmful and what are those mechanisms. Um, Studied stem cell population um, and what what can we do to promote a healthy stem cell population and help healing. Um, And then I you know, had a personal battle with infertility and was diagnosed with unexplained infertility, um, told that my best option of conceiving was a very expensive procedure called in vitro fertilization or IVF for short. Um, you know, we spent about $40,000 on uh, treatments. I do have a 12-year-old, so they did work. So I'm glad I did them. Um, but after that experience, my scientist, you know, in, in me came out and said, okay, well, I have this unexplained infertility diagnosis, which really wasn't a diagnosis. It just means they didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, can I use what I've learned in school and what I've been working on in my professional life to kind of help me understand why I wasn't able to conceive naturally? Um, so I went back to the, the doctor with a two-year-old son and said, let's, let's do this again, but let's have, you know, science to doctor conversations and, and figure out what we're missing. And it turned out to be a hormonal issue. Um, I just, I wasn't producing enough hormone called progesterone that you produce after you ovulate to sustain a pregnancy. And that's why I kept losing pregnancy after pregnancy. And so... You know, he gave me a very simple um, progesterone uh, supplement that I would take after ovulation. And I got pregnant and I stayed pregnant and she's my nine-year-old daughter. (laughs) And, you know, it just, it kind of helped me. I have this, if you see my shirt, it says 
got progesterone <laughs> because it's like the hormone that nobody was really talking about. And we didn't really focus very much attention on it, but it is the pregnancy hormone. It is so important to have to conceive. And then I learned that it's just an important hormone in general for, you know, cognitive function, for skin, um, you know, for sleep, (laughs) for bone production. I mean, it's just a powerful thing to have balanced hormones and have a menstrual cycle and have, you know, the estrogen, and then it gets counteracted with the progesterone. Um, And so I felt like women needed more information. Physicians needed better tools. We all needed better ways to track hormones. Um, So I invented Prove, which is uh, at home, uh, started with progesterone. We don't actually measure progesterone. We measure the metabolite in urine. So they're all urine-based tests. They're done at home, um, done in 10 minutes, um, because we just felt that you know, we, we just deserve better information so we could advocate for healthcare um, so that we can, you know, help manage our care and become, I guess, successful at whatever our goals are in life. So when you say the, you metabolate uh, the urine, what is, what is that, what are you looking for, you know, in that, what does that mean? Yeah, so, so progesterone um, as well as estrogen aren't found in urine. And so if you want to measure the hormone directly, you have to get a blood draw, which typically means you go to a clinic, you get a blood draw, they send it to a lab, you wait a couple days, sometimes a little bit faster to get those results. Um, But when you're really needing the information very quickly, if you're trying to conceive and you need to act on that information, um, it's better to have an immediate rapid test. Um, And so what we do is we measure the metabolite or the marker in urine. So the hormone circulates in the blood, gets metabolized in the liver, and then secreted in the urine. And that is called PDG. Pregnane dial gluconeride is the very long name. (laughs) Um, But it's just, it's a non-invasive way that, you know, you could go to Amazon and buy the test, have it delivered to your house, you know, go pee in a cup and 10 minutes later have a a measure of, you know, that, that urine marker of progesterone. And then if it's low, then you recommend what the patient then goes and gets a blood test next, or is it foolproof? They automatically have it. And then the doctor could prescribe progesterone at that point in time. I mean, it depends on their doctor, honestly. Um, you know, we're just that piece of information. We're really that screening tool to get them into that doctor. And if that doctor requires additional testing, great. Um, sometimes doctors do, and sometimes they don't. Um, we are FDA cleared to confirm successful ovulation. That means producing enough of the hormone for long enough, because if you think about the menstrual cycle, you have estrogen and then you have progesterone and they have to kind of, they're like a teeter totter and they have to balance each other out. And so if you're not making enough progesterone after ovulation, you can have symptoms of um, infertility, pregnancy loss, um, PMS, weight gain, tiredness, um, headaches, spotting in your period or between periods, um, just you know, f- feeling tired. And so we look at it over multiple days to say, okay, do you have a healthy amount of this? And so if we're unable to confirm that you have successfully ovulated, you have some type of ovulatory dysfunction that's causing your hormones to not be optimal. Right. And so, you know, different 
different physicians um, will treat it differently. Um, a lot of times, you know, doctors know about PROVE and they say, okay, yeah, you got negative results. Okay, this is typically what we give. Other doctors, you have to educate them a little bit more um, because not all doctors have, have seen all the products out there. Um, but, you know, we do provide all that, that educational content. Um, and typically doctors are very responsive. Um, I think the most important thing a patient can do is to be educated coming into that conversation and to know, you know, write on a piece of paper, okay, I'm worried that I don't have enough progesterone. Okay, I'm going to Google, what do I do with low progesterone? Okay, here's like four things that pop up. Okay, I'm going to write those four things down and I'm going to ask my doctor, okay, it says here you could just give me progesterone. Can we do that? Hey, it says here that maybe I need Clomid to induce ovulation. Can we talk about that? Right. So starting that conversation um, is very important um, because if you don't start it, you kind of put that you put that on the doctor and they don't necessarily know your complete history, all your symptoms, what you've been going through. And so it's really, really helpful to have that educated conversation and to come in with, you know, a short list of Here's what I want to talk to you about today. Here's what I, you know, let's talk about this or that or the other thing. So kind of walk us back, you know, during your time of, you know, having difficulty getting pregnant and having some of your miscarriages, um, like how did you find or what was said to, I guess, I don't know, have that doctor then test you for progesterone? Like, you know, I guess for those that are out there that are thinking about IVF, you know, maybe a nice, you know, five minute education on that, you know, might be beneficial as well. Because, um, you know, we all have heard of, of people going through it and most of the time it's successful, but I don't think anybody likes doing it. Right. It's can be painful. It's costs a lot of money. Um, can stress the relationship. Um, so, you know, kind of walk us through that whole process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, you know, it was it was very isolating. Um, I, you know, I was on birth control pill for a long, long period of time. Um, I came off of it and, you know, I started tracking my cycles and I could tell they weren't normal. Like you go into Google and you say, okay, menstrual cycle. They're like, it's 28 days. Mine were like 35 or 40. Um, and so I knew, I knew I wasn't, you know, a textbook. I wasn't normal. There was something else going on. Um, but when I went to a physician and I asked, it was, well, you know what? You haven't been trying long enough and, you know, you're not 30 yet. Like, you know, why don't you just try? It just takes time. Um, and so I felt very alone. Like it was my responsibility as a woman to just figure it out. <laughs> and it was very frustrating that I couldn't figure it out. And here I am, this PhD level scientist that had been studying hormones didn't know how my body worked and couldn't get any help on, on it. Um, and so probably about six or seven months into trying, we had our first positive pregnancy test. Um, a week later, it was followed by our first miscarriage. Um, and, you know, I, as, as horrible as it was, I just kept thinking in my mind, okay, this is the silver lining is I can actually go now to my doctor and tell them, hey, I have this problem. Like I can't conceive. And when I do, I had a miscarriage. Like, can you now help me? And, you know, surprisingly, I was turned away again. 
It was, you haven't had enough miscarriages. This is normal. 25% of miscarriages or the pregnancies end in loss. And it's very common. Chances are you won't have it again. Go back and do what you do. And I would have another one. <laughs> and um, then it got to the point where, well, we don't know what's wrong with you. Like, we don't know why you're, you're miscarrying. They did all the tests they possibly could, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong. And so when they don't know what's wrong, the, the best thing they can do is IVF, which is what I call a medical Band-Aid. It is, okay, we don't know if it's your tubes or your eggs or the sperm or the hormones. So we're just going to fix all that stuff. And we're going to do it in a test tube. We're going to make sure you don't have to fertilize yourself. We're going to do that. We're going to implant it for you. Like we're going to take all this stuff that your body would do and do it for you to increase your chances of conception. And so that was successful. And so then I sat down with the doctor and I said, okay, what did we what did we bypass that I can now say, okay, this could have been it. And the thing that I focused on was, you know, after the egg um, is transferred back to your uterus and you wait for that positive pregnancy test, every single day I had to ask my husband to give me a shot in the butt with an inch and a half needle. And that was progesterone. And I said, why am I doing this? And they said, it's very, very important. If you don't have enough progesterone, you will not be able to keep this pregnancy. You will lose it. It won't implant. And so I kept thinking, okay. And then I started researching progesterone and what it does and how it affects the body. And I was like, this light bulb went off. And I was like, wait a minute. I think that's why I was losing my pregnancies before. And in, in like, I came back to him and I said, what about this progesterone thing? Like, do I have to do IVF to get progesterone? He's like, well, no, absolutely not. We can give it to you outside of progesterone or outside of IVF. And I said, why don't you do this for more patients? And he said, well, we don't know how effective it is. And because IVF is a big business, it is $40,000 worth of treatments. Eight or 9,000 of it was the medications that I was given. And they're doing all this clinical research in the context of IVF, because if they show that their medications, their drugs work in this context, they can sell more, right? And so there's no financial incentive to do it in a natural cycle. And so the research just wasn't as robust as it was for IVF. And so he said, you know, there's there's not a ton of research, but it is a hormone your body makes. It, unless you are allergic, which is a very small percentage, there's no harm in trying it. So let's just do it. Let's just do it. And it worked. <laughs> and so, you know, when I go back to, okay, well, what was that magical diagnostic test that I was missing? Why did they miss that? It's because they did a single blood draw. And they didn't check to make sure I had sustained progesterone levels to promote that optimal implantation. They did it one time on one day and they got one number, right? And so that's, that's kind of what we do differently at Prove is we track patterns and over multiple days to give a more complete picture of the cycle, more information, and to kind of dig a little bit deeper about you know, these hormones, because ovulation is not yes or no. It's not 
you know, is my thyroid functioning? Yes or no. Did I ovulate? Yes or no. It's like, how well is it? Are you, is your thyroid functioning at an A? Did you have a, a, a plus ovulation? Do you have healthy hormones? Are they imbalanced? Or did you just, yeah, kind of, sort of, right? And so when you can have, you know, optimal hormones and you can optimize the system, that's where you feel the best. That's where you can conceive. That's where you can carry these pregnancies and not have as many of these side effects. Obviously, we can go down a you know, pretty dark um you know, tunnel on this, um, what motivates doctors, what motivates pharmaceutical firms. It just blows me away in this day and age that, you know, they're not testing sperm. Um, it seems to be still that it's all in the female and not the male. And to your point, you know, having, you know, multiple blood tests, but then again, you know, every time you go in and get a physical, you have one moment in time, you get this blood test. And, you know, if you, you know, consumed, you know, something three days before and it's in your blood, then you're, you know, you're on medication for the rest of your life. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's almost archaic, you know, at this point in time. And, you know, you could probably save so much money in the healthcare system if, you know, you they use your test, for example, and, and they ran a series of blood tests. And then, you know, you went and got a, you know, progesterone treatment, um, which obviously doesn't, it's pennies on the dollar because it's been around forever. Um, that just kills me. And, and I guess during your experience, there was never, you know, no, I guess your husband didn't go in and get tested, I guess. Um, or maybe he did towards the end, but you know, why, why don't they look at the male quicker than they do? Yeah, that's a really good point. So we've talked about, you know, females and progesterone and ovulation. Um, at Prove, we have a male sperm test and we sell it together. We, ca- we do call it the hers and his test instead of the uh, other way around. Um, but we advocate that, you know what, it is a couple's journey. It is a sperm. It is an egg. It is equal, right? And if you look at the causes of infertility, it's, I think it's 30% female, 30% male and 40% combination, right? So both female and male factor infertility. And so we try to get them in that conversation as soon as possible because women think, oh, well, you know, it's a timing issue, right? And so I'm just, I have to take all these tests. I have to pee, you know, pee on these sticks and it's me, it's my responsibility. I have to do the tracking. Um, And so the sooner you enter in the male, the male partner into that uh, relationship, they've done studies that you're, you know, 200 times, you know, faster at, at conception when you enter in that male on day one. And I do think, you know, in defense of the doctors, there are some people out there that, you know, have unrealistic expectations and, you know, they they decide they want to have a child and, you know, they expect it, you know, conception to occur, you know, um, immediately when they look at each other. And, you know, in this day and age, you know, everything's about, you know, going fast and everything else. And, um, you know, so I do know some people that have, you know, gone in probably prematurely and have been told, you know, you, we're not doing anything for you until you basically try more, right? You try harder or try whatever the adjective is. And, uh, you know, but that's all relative too, right? So um, did you get run into any of that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, you know, you haven't been trying long enough and you haven't had enough losses and you're not 30 yet. You have plenty of time, um, but you don't know what my life plan is. I mean, I was 29. What if I wanted five children? Like you got to get on it. Right. Right. Um, I also like to say there's nothing wrong with doing screening and on day one, 
even if you, you know, like I would rather you do screening and come in. I like to say, you know, if you went into your doctor and you, you know, had one of those at home A1C tests and it was a really high number, they wouldn't say, oh, no, sorry, you haven't had diabetes long enough. We're not going to treat you. (laughs) Right. And so if you can bring in evidence that it's not going to matter if you try for 12 months, you're, you still don't have an egg or you still don't have sperm or you still have some issue that's going to get you into the door sooner. Right. And so doing early screening will help you, you know, advocate for yourself. So you're not spinning wheels. Um, I mean, like I call it the pit of despair every month you go with a negative pregnancy test it's just more and more damaging. They've done studies that that women who are infertile, it's, it's like 80 or 90% of them are clinically depressed because it is the one of the most depressing things um, to, to go through and to constantly be let down month after month after month. And so the more proactive you can do and the more screening you can do to get you in the door sooner, um, you know, the more education you can have because they don't teach this in school. Nobody has menstrual, I mean, even doctors, <laughs> honestly, don't get taught about the menstrual cycle in medical school. <laughs> A lot of them don't, um, you know, so it's one of those things that we have to teach ourselves. We have to educate ourselves on. Um, and, you know, we're, we're waiting longer to start families, right? We're career women, we're waiting, we're being responsible, especially with the economy and how expensive houses are. You're waiting till we're, you know, mid thirties and then we don't wanna wait any longer. It's like that timer went off, we're ready to go today. I don't wanna wait six months. I don't wanna wait a year. I don't wanna wait for two losses. Like get me in now. So the deficiency in progesterone is that, you know, I guess, in a way, that what would happen in your 20s as opposed to your 30s? Is it chronic or is it just something that over time with these endocrine disruptors in our society these days in our food, plastics and everything else, um, is it more environmental, I guess, than you know someone just being predisposed to have this condition? I mean, there's, there's across the board. So a lot of it is you know the plastics and the environment and the diet is a big factor, um, but a lot of it is also genetic. Um, I've always had, you know, I call it, it's a luteal phase deficiency. So it's just chronic low progesterone. Um, it can be a thyroid function. It can be inflammation um, issue. Um, and so, you know, if your thyroid's not functioning or if you have a lot of inflammation, so I also have um, endometriosis. So that causes a lot of inflammation, which then can cause, you know, your ovary not to produce as much progesterone. So it can be a variety of factors. Um, and it's not, you know, one thing. So you can be the healthiest person out there, but if nobody's really looked under the hood and they don't realize that you're have a really poor functioning thyroid, you know, that, that reciprocal relationship between the ovary and the thyroid could be preventing you from having healthy progesterone levels. So if you were, you know, a life coach and you were coaching, um, you know, couples on, you know, the best way to prepare to get pregnant, um, with the exception, of course, of going to prove and running some tests initially. Um, you know, what are some of the things that you, you know, have them think about, do um, in order to be in a position where, you know, they hopefully can maximize their opportunity to be able to get pregnant and hold the baby? Um, there's a lot of studies on the Mediterranean diet being exceptionally well, doing well for fertility, 
Um, definitely getting on a, a high quality prenatal vitamin. Um, a lot of women have a mutation in a gene that um, metabolizes folate and or folic, folic acid. And so you want to take a supplement with folate. Most of the best prenatals now have, you know, the, the digestible one that you, even if you have a mutation, you're okay. Um, you know, monitor cycles, definitely get off of any type of hormonal birth control as, as soon as possible. Um, there's conflicting information whether hormone birth control causes infertility, but it will mask an infertility. So a lot of teenagers are getting on birth control because they have cystic acne or they have um, heavy periods, painful periods. Those are symptoms that something's wrong with your menstrual cycle that you take birth control and you just quiet them down. And so you're just masking it while you're on it. And so if that's why you went on birth control, I think it's really important to get off of it. Um, definitely talk to you know somebody who's very well versed in hormones, um, functional medicine, naturopathic, um, you know, hormone centers that are that are experts in this. Because again, they don't teach this a lot of times in in regular medical school or school in general. Um, trying to remove toxins, so simple things like you know not microwaving in plastic. Um, you know, making sure you have high quality products. Like a lot of things get absorbed through the skin. So everything that you think is on your skin, um, you know, the clothing that you touch, the detergents that you're using, the lotions, like the things you don't really necessarily think about. Um, sometimes, you know, your water supply is another big one. So, you know, as, as much as you possibly can drink filtered water, um, you know, city water is, is not as clean. This mm -hmm. is something that I learned is it was clean when they tested it way down there, but it went through all these pipes to get down to your house. <laughs> a lot can happen. <laughs> um, so, you know, filtered waters is something, you know, that is, is easy enough to do. Um, so organic. Me, yeah. Let me go backwards. So folate, what, what does that do? Um, so folate creates the neural tube. It is important for the nervous system, the spinal cord. And so if you don't have enough of it at that very beginning part of conception, it can cause miscarriage or it can cause um, spina bifida or certain birth defects in, in babies. And it's typically the most important before you even know you're pregnant. And so that's where you see the issues come along and people don't really know that they're pregnant and they didn't, weren't able to you know, uh, fortify their diet with uh, folate. Um, that's kind of why they started the cereals, fortifying all the, the breakfast cereals, is because women didn't know they were pregnant until it was already too late to get that nutrient in. So they're trying to kind of make sure all women have it. Got it. Um, and obviously, you, I interrupted you. You were talking about go, uh, eating organic. Yeah, anything that you would eat the peel on. So like an apple, you'd want to eat organic strawberries, blueberries, anything you're going to eat that whole, you know, if you're going to eat an orange, if you peel it, then it's fine. Um, they make really awesome vegetable washes now. So you can kind of wash off that residue. They put a lot of plastics on the produce, um, a lot of things to help it like transport here and there. Um, another big thing is a preconception visit. So even a, like a primary care provider will do this. 
they'll go in and they'll do very simple things like, um, you know, are you a carrier for cystic fibrosis? Do you have all your vaccinations like MMR, um, uh, tetanus, like all those kind of vaccines? Um, they'll test your your blood type um, and just just make sure they know they don't have any sexually transmitted diseases. Um, those can actually cause infertility as well. So just to, you know, at the annual exam or just say, hey, I'm thinking about getting pregnant. Can we do all this this blood work and just make sure everything's as, as healthy? So there's a standard panel that they can do at a even a primary care physician. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the business. Um, how is it going so far? And, you know, where do you see it going? It's going well. Um, I mean, when I started it in 2016, it was in my basement and it was, you know, a crowdfunding campaign. And I was just like, I'm going to make this. And if people want this product, they'll buy it and I'll just kind of keep making it. Um, And it was really just to give women in this information. Um, You know, the product is called Prove, but the company's name is called MFB Fertility. That stands for My Fabulous Basement. Because I was like, if no one's going to do this, I'm just going to go in my basement and I'm going to invent it myself. (laughs) Um, And so it was just, you know, I had I had built my family. I had had two kids. I, you know, once I kind of came out of the closet and told people what I had been through, the fertility journey that I had, the struggle so many people would just private message me and say, oh my gosh, what did you do? I'm dealing with the same thing. And I realized so it was so common to go through this, especially in my age group that was that, you know, early 30s, most people could not conceive. It was difficult for most people. It was very, very common. And so I would educate them one by one, they would get pregnant. And then finally I was like, we should just, you know, create a product and create a company and and create this education and just as a, as a way to give back. I mean, I've had seven losses and this is kind of, that's what they were here for is to create this education and create this product. And so we've, we've grown, um, we're on Amazon, we're FDA cleared. We have clinical studies showing that, um, you know, positive results on our tests, um, increased pregnancy rates eightfold. Um, so it's just, it's, you know, some clinical data backing it. Um, we're actually going to be in Target in a week. <laughs> so you know, bringing it more available to, to women everywhere. So how do you go, though, from, you know, this concept, you're in the basement to, you know, I guess, outsourcing to a manufacturer to make the tests, to design the tests? Um, assume that everybody is, that's on this podcast is a aspiring entrepreneur um, and they're very interested in this, you know, let's go step by step, you know, so you got this idea, you know, you probably ended up in, you know, becoming an LLC, you pop a website, maybe, maybe you don't, I don't know, you go get your crowdfunding, but you got to design this test, you got to get it approved, you know, then you got to get somebody to make it. So kind of walk us through that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the biggest piece of advice is, is to know the rules on what your product, what you're building. Um, and so we have a product that's regulated by the FDA. So we went to the FDA's website and read the rules and what it is that we had to do, what kind of certifications, you know, what kind of product code did we have to talk to people? Did we have to get a pre-approval? Like, you know, we had, we just gathered all that information. 
Um, and then there's a lot of contract manufacturers that will make it. So, I mean, I don't have a manufacturing facility that's CGMP certified, FDA registered, but there are people that are, that's their entire business is you tell them your idea and they make it for you and then you sell it. <laughs> and so that's, that's what we, we did. Um, but yeah, I mean, just knowing the rules and knowing, you know, what governs your industry, um, we were very scrappy about it too. So we did a crowdfunding campaign and we, um, you know, if they donated, we would give them the product. And then after we gave them the product, we sent them a um, IRB, which is a, a human research study protocol and said, hey, we're doing research to improve this product. Do you want to optionally enroll in it? And since they were so passionate about the product and you know, we got a lot of people that would enroll and we, basically use their data to fine tune the product and to get that data that we needed that we could use to submit for the FDA and make sure we could get, we could get cleared. And so, um, you know, you don't have to do it the traditional way, you know, medical devices can be millions of dollars to, to, to commercialize, but doesn't mean you have to do it that way, you know, if you have an idea and you can think of a different path or a different way to do it, or let's do it small scale and work our way up, um, you know, so kind of think outside the box and be strategic and really just know the rules and where you can, not, not, not bend them, but where you can kind of learn efficiencies and learn other pathways to do it. It's not always well, you have to do this, you have to, then you have to, you know, raise venture back money and then you have to this and you have, you know, it's like, it's not always that the path that's traveled the most, there's often other ways that you can do it. So when you crowdfunded, did they become shareholders of the company or, or you mentioned before, was it they donated and then they got the product? Is that, but they're not shareholders, correct? No, um, we uh, raised on a platform called Indiegogo. Um, it's, it's like Kickstarter. It's basically you donate money and you get a perk and the perk is pretty much the product that you get. Um, and so it wasn't a, an equity platform. It wasn't, you know, they weren't getting shares in the company. They were just getting product. We did give a lifetime membership of the product. <laughs> so there are 287 very lucky women who have a lifetime supply of proof products. Um, and it's actually quite funny because, um, we created this product to help women conceive, right? And it was this, a whole idea of, it was an at-home way to check progesterone levels. We were using this urine marker and we were able to confirm that you actually ovulated. And so we came out with this idea. We are like, oh, this is amazing. We're going to get so many women pregnant, we went to these, you know, trying to conceive forums and, and people and they're like, yeah, but I want to get pregnant now. I don't want to wait 10 months for your product to come out. And so the, the consumer base that we found were um, the natural family planning group or the um, most of them are Catholic, the fertility awareness. These are the population of women that learn their menstrual cycle and they know everything so that they can time their intercourse either in their fertile window if they want to conceive or out of their fertile window if they don't want to conceive. And they came in, they're like, oh my gosh, a way to actually confirm ovulation? That's amazing because once you ovulate, you're not fertile anymore the rest of your cycle. And so they're like, this is amazing. 
I'll buy this because I'm going to track my cycle for 20 years. And I was like, oh no, what did we do? <laughs> well, I mean, in a way that's good because, um, you know, if you have a market out there that you can continue to sell that product to people like that, then, you know, you have a, a longer revenue stream. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they've been phenomenal. They know about the cycle. Um, they've helped us with the research studies. Um, you know, they've been on a couple of the publications we've been on um, and they're just the most knowledgeable group. So, you know, that's, I guess, another piece of advice for, you know, budding entrepreneurs is, you know, your first customer might not be the customer you thought it was going to be. And you, you might have a, a group of people that is, you know, in your corner that can help you out that you didn't think, you know, was your, your target consumer. And then when you get going and you're generating revenue, is it mostly online sales at that point in time or are you in some retail? Yeah, we're all online right now still. Um, our first product was sold in 2017. Um, and so we've been six years just online, but we're hitting our first retail um, consumer in March, end of March, early April. So we're going to be in, in Target stores across the country. And how'd you go about, you know, building awareness online? Um, did you hire a you know, digital marketing firm to help you? Um, or did you just try to figure out the SEO on your own every time Google changes it? Yeah. Um, well, at first I was very scrappy and I would go into these forums and I would, you know, say, oh, well, did you check your progesterone or did you confirm you actually have it? They're like, no. And I'm like, oh, you should try this product. <laughs> right. So you just kind of like insert yourself in there. Um, but we actually utilized Amazon platform. And so the, the beauty of Amazon is that they will do all the fulfillment. They, you don't have to have a website. You don't have to collect credit cards. You basically just have to ship them inventory and then they do the rest. And so it makes it very easy. So I, you know, I had this company as my side hustle and I was doing it in my spare time with two kids and a full-time job. And I only could have done that if I was using a contract manufacturer and I came and I put an Amazon label on it and I sent it to Amazon. <laughs> I didn't really touch the product any other way. Um, and, you know, Amazon was, you know, my savior and being on Amazon, it grew. And so people could find it there. And it was just a platform that people knew. Um, and so that's it. So I've heard some stories where, you know, it was pretty easy to, to be able to um, sell through Amazon. I've heard other stories where it's a lot harder. Um, what was your experience? We've had our ups and downs. Um, I definitely believe that it was easier for us because this is a lot of times a product that you don't know you need until you need it yesterday. And so you want to go on Amazon and get it um, you want, you know, use your prime membership. You want to get it tomorrow or same day. Um, you know, you trust Amazon. So if it's a product that you, you go to a random website, you've never heard of this and it's just some random woman that named her company after inventing something in her basement. And you're like, I don't really know if I trust that or I should get into this. But if you buy it on Amazon, you have Amazon's trust. And if you don't like it, you return it, right? That's kind of Amazon's policy. So for us, as a small business that nobody really knew about on our product that nobody really knew about, it was really good for us to increase, you know, in, in that traction. Um, it is still a significant portion of our business, but it depends on what kind of product you have. Um, 
I would never try to sell beverages on Amazon. I right. think that's a nightmare. Right. <laughs> you want to sell that at retail. <laughs> well, too, I think you're, you have a unique um, product. You know, maybe there's more competition now. I don't know. Um, so that that may had some may have something to do with it as well. I, I'm assume. Yeah, yeah. We there's other products in the market now, um, which you know I go back and forth with like, okay, this is a good thing. Wait, it's a bad thing. Um, and so it's a good thing in that if you were the only person in the category and the only person that did something, is it really a category? Is it really a product? Is it really a need? Right. We created a category. We created. We. We're the first and the only still FDA cleared at home test to confirm that you're actually ovulating. And we created this category. And then there's a lot of me too's, not a, not a ton, but a few me too's and they're, they're building up the category. And so more and more people are coming in and buying it and, and having ownership in this category. And it's really good for me. Cause I'm like, yes, finally people are talking about progesterone and it's not this like, evil stepsister of estrogen. Like people know what progesterone is and they know it's important and they're testing for it and they like know these words by name. Um, but then again, it's also frustrating where it's like, well, why do you get to come in when I invented this? Like, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> I mean, it could end up blowing up the market, which eventually could help you someday too. Um, so let's talk about testosterone then because I think you know, if I'm not a scientist, but I believe testosterone converts to estrogen, correct? And, um, and obviously, you know, at Optimal Bio, at least we've seen, you know, many, many patients that have low testosterone due to the same reasons why people have low progesterone. So is there a, are you thinking about a test for testosterone as well? Or, you know, how, how does that all fit into the whole situation? I would love to make an at-home testosterone test. I just don't have the capacity to do it. <laughs> I think it would be phenomenal. Um, testosterone is really hard to measure because it's not uh, it's not at high levels in the blood. So progesterone is, you know, it's very low, and then it just goes crazy, and it's like this huge amount of it, and so you can measure it really easily in urine. Um, estrogen really low in the blood. Um, but in urine, it's about a thousand fold higher, the metabolites. So you can measure them. It's a little bit harder, but it's doable. Testosterone is like even harder. <laughs> um, and then there's a lot of things with, you know, what part of the day are you measuring it? Um, because it will fluctuate throughout the day. Um, so I haven't cracked that nut yet. I do think it would be really cool because a lot of women don't have enough testosterone. A lot of men don't have enough testosterone. Um, so it'd be really cool to to have a test that would to to do that and to monitor it. It's just I kind of got my hands full with these other hormones. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you get, you want to be experts in you know a few things and not you know spread yourself too thin where you're just your average and everything else, right? Um, so you are creating this product that's providing a great value to your patients. And, um, you know, if you could continue to perfect that, then yeah, you got a niche that no one else really has. Yeah. So any other, you know, thoughts on the business? You know, what's, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to ask you, you know, what is your exit strategy in 10 years, but, um, you know, how do you go about expanding it? I guess, I mean, obviously you're going into retail with target, um, you know, is that the primary strategy or you look at it, take it this global at some point in time? Like how would you, what's the, what's the future look like? 
Um, we're a consumer-driven business. Um, and so, you know, our first product was crowdsourced. It was crowd-tested. Um, and so we still take that mentality every single thing that we do. So we always pull our consumers. We always ask them. We have a online support group. We're constantly hearing what they're saying. We want to create products and experiences that meet the consumer's needs. And so that's how we've expanded is we just listen to consumers, figure out what their pain points are, how can we do better, what kind of things do they want, what are they not getting, what's confusing. Um, and I think that's kind of really helped us be the market leader because we're listening to our consumers and, and what they want and then giving them what they want. So I want to go back um, to the actual uh, being prescribed progesterone and, and, and you know, the patient taking progesterone, um, you know, you and I are, are familiar with it. I don't take it obviously, but I'm just familiar with it through, you know, optimal bio and, but a lot of people may not be, um, you know, is it monitored side effects? Um, you know, let's, let's walk through all that. Yeah. Um, uh, so progesterone is, um, a product that is, uh, it can be a prescription, it, there's actually over-the-counter things as well because it's a natural product. Um, and so progesterone can be in a cream. It can, you know, a topical cream, an oil. Um, it can be as a pill that you ingest, take it orally. Um, and then you can, there's pills that will, they're compounded that you can take vaginally. Um, there's injectable. So I had injectables. Um, there's gels that you put in, you know, vaginal gels and they just kind of seep out. Um, so progesterone can, there's nasal spray. I've seen a nasal spray as well. So there's many different routes of entry um, for progesterone. Um, you know, you can find creams and oils. We actually sell a progesterone oil on Amazon. Um, it's got great beauty product, like beauty effects. You put it on your, your skin and it gets rid of like dry skin and helps with the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles. Um, and then there's the prescription level, um, which you get from, from doctors, um, and that it has to be obviously prescribed and that's just a higher dose. Um, typically the most well tolerated is oral. Um, if you're going through fertility treatments, they suggest doing it vaginal. They've shown that studies that if you put it vaginally, it's right next to your uterus and it goes straight to your uterus where it's needed and it doesn't go through, um, you know, the system. You know, progesterone is a hormone that can help um, bring nutrients from your body to baby. And so some of the quote unquote side effects are feeling more bloated, feeling more tired, um, and that is because it's slowing your digestive tract because it's giving more time for those nutrients to come out of the food that you're eating to, to nourish baby. So a lot of times, you know, some side effects could be um, constipation. Um, it can be, I feel, feel hotter. I feel, um, you know, I'm, I'm sleepy. So you want to take it at night. You don't want to take it in the morning because maybe you'll get tired. Um, but really it's not side effects. It's just what progesterone normally does in your body. And because you just don't have enough of it, you're not used to it. And your body is just, it's like, oh, what's this new thing? <laughs> 
and from a, um, uh, you know, we have the same issue, not issue, but you know, same, we have multiple applications of testosterone as well. And we found at least that based on studies that we've seen that the pellet is the most stable um, testosterone treatment, stays in your body, doesn't go up and down. And, you know, it, it decreases over time, but, you know, it's a four or five month application as opposed to a daily or weekly or whatever. Uh, based on what you just described, I mean, is there, uh, although I know orals you'd probably have to take daily, but is that, do they offer the most stability or do the creams in this case or the oils, you know, provide more of a stability for you? Yeah, there's no progesterone pellets. Um, I don't don't know why. I think it's because of the cyclic nature. For So for really progesterone to be the most effective, you want to take it like two weeks on, two weeks off. So you just want to take it after ovulation. Um, one, I think one of the biggest side effects and why doctors don't prescribe it as often as I think that they should is that it can act as a birth control if you take it at the wrong time. And so if you take it before ovulation, it will delay or prevent ovulation. And so it's important that you track your cycle and you know that you've ovulated and then you can start the progesterone. Um, it's a lot of doctors don't have enough confidence that their patients understand their cycles well enough. And so they don't want to prescribe it. Um, but, you know, typically, I think, you know, the injectable is the most stable. It's got the highest, you know, half-life, but it's also the most painful. I mean, you have to, do, it's muscular. So it's intramuscular. It is not fun at all. I mean, it's, you have to, some, somebody has to do it for you because it's really in that, that, um, that glute, that butt muscle, <laughs> you have to do it. Um, oral is good. Sometimes they say if you take it orally, it passes through the gut and it gets, um, it gets broken down and it's not as effective. Um, so that's why they say, okay, let's, let's try vaginally. And then you have the creams and the oils. And so it does absorb through the skin. Um, creams take a little bit longer to get into your system because they're in these um, emulsions and they kind of get trapped in there. And so sometimes it takes a little bit longer to feel the effects of it, um, which doesn't seem to be very good for people who are trying to conceive. Whereas the ones that are in the oil base, um, it's a thinner um, and it's not in those kind of those, those droplets. And so they're delivered, you know, better, deeper into the skin and they, kind of have immediate effects. Yeah, is the compounding, um, I know there's synthetic, right? And there's compounding. Um, what's the difference? Just more natural product in, in the compounding? Yeah, yeah. So synthetic progesterones are the ones you find in birth control, in IUDs, uh, the plan B in the, you know, conception or, you know, the birth control aisle. Um, those are going to, Think, tell your body you think, you know, that you ovulated and it's going to act as a birth control, but it doesn't do the same things as a natural progesterone would. And so natural progesterones have receptors in the brain and the bones and the vascular system and, you know, within your immune system. And so there's all these amazing benefits of natural progesterones that synthetic progesterones can't give you. And so if you're looking to you know, support a healthy cycle, you want to give back your body what it's missing. And that is the bioidentical progesterone, just like, you know, testosterone pellets are bioidentical testosterone, estrogen pellets are bioidentical estrogen. 
right? We don't want to do the synthetics because they don't act the same in our bodies. Great stuff. And obviously you purchase a test, then you'll know if you're ovulating or not, correct? Yeah. All right. So um, we're almost at the end and um, we always ask our guests to give our listeners uh, five takeaways, um, pieces of advice, things you've learned in life, whatever it is. So I'm throwing it back to you. All right, let's see if I can find five. Um, first one is advocate for yourself. Um, and, you know, I, I, I strongly believe that, you know, intuition is, is king or queen. And, you know, if you feel something is not right, then you should ask, you should act on it, you should research it. Um, second one is have active conversations with your practitioners. Um, come in with questions, with things you want to talk about. Um, the third one is if you went into that doctor, that nurse, that healthcare provider, and you start that conversation and they knock you down, take your piece of paper and go somewhere else because you're, you, you are hiring them to be your, your provider. And if they don't want to be your provider, there are many people out there that can, you deserve to get the help you need. You deserve to have that active conversation. Um, the fourth one is if you want something, whether it is to conceive or whether it is to build a business or whatever it is, find the best way to do it. Think out of the box, think of different paths. Um, and the fifth one would be be proactive. So don't um, just think things are gonna happen, you know, really have a proactive way of, you know, screening and taking the first steps. Um, you know, conception can come immediate and it can come in years. You don't know which one you're going to be. So the more, you know, proactive you can be about things, you know, similar is if you're building a business, you know, you don't want to just wing it. <laughs> you want to be very proactive and find people who can do your books and build your website and, you know, all those different things, right? You don't want to just, well, maybe I'll just try this. So I got, I got five. <laughs> Pass the test. You did great. Um, so where, where can we find you? Where can we find your company? Where we, we could find you? Are you on Instagram? Are you doing, I know you got a website, um, but you know, tell us where we can get you. Yeah, uh, the best uh, source of information is our website. So it's provetest, P-R-O-O-V-T-E-S-T.com. Um, sign up for our emails. We have a lot of free education, really cool stuff. Um, we're on social media channels, uh, Instagram, you know, at provetest, TikTok, at provetest, um, YouTube, at provetest. We do a lot of educational content and videos there as well. We're on Amazon, so search Prove on Amazon. You'll see um, a bunch of our products. We have both testing kits and then as well as a line of supplements. Um, and so, you know, we try to help you, you know, balance hormones and, and get the information that you need. Um, and then starting at the end of March, you can find us at Target. Real quick on that. I mean, was it tough negotiating shelf space? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I think the Target consumer is our ideal consumer because Target is just a fabulous uh, retailer. Um, it's just, they're so innovative and they lean into small companies. Like women just go to Target just to see what they have and like browse the, the aisles because of all the really cool, innovative stuff that they're doing. 
And so Target reached out to us and they said, you know, we really want to lean into women's health. We think it's really important. You know, these are women in this age group that are coming in. They're asking for these types of products. And so we leaned right back in with them and said, great, let's support these, you know, the Target guest and and what she's looking for. Wow, that's fantastic. Amy Beckley, thank you. Uh, This was a fascinating topic. And um, I'm sure you've educated our listeners today and hopefully they'll check out your your site and everything else that you're doing. And um, thank you again. Best of luck to you. Yeah, thank you. This has been a production of Optimal Bio. Optimal Bio is CEO Tyler Brannon, podcast host and partner Jim Baker, medical director Greg Brannon, production assistance by Core Media, Beth Grabencourt, administrator, Kevin Duthu, executive producer. The podcast can be found on our website, optimalbio.com, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Our theme song is Sunwave by Paradiso, provided by Epidemic Sound. 